Hello, and welcome to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host, Mike. Today I am joined by Austin. Hi. And Chris. Hello. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How about you? Good day. It's been a nice day, yes. It was good. It was long. I'm tired. It's kind of a busy day, right? Yeah. I, I do. talk back to back. Yeah. Students and clients. Oh. Okay. All right. Most days are busy, though. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, today we are going to talk about energetic and spiritual healing. And I think it's actually kind of cool that we have Austin and Chris here today because Austin and Chris are, well, just two. Vlad also does a lot of healing work. But you, yes, are, you are really kind of the two go-to healers for like our spiritual center like our for the our, our space and what we do and the, you guys you know are both i don't go to see a lot of spiritual healers or energetic healers but you two you you two are the two that i'd be like okay i let these guys work on me thank you yeah thanks. i appreciate that yeah so let's talk a little bit about this because you know there are a lot of people out there that are very curious about this and um i guess maybe a good place to start would be what what kinds of energetic healing modalities are you guys familiar with or either, either those you do personally or maybe, maybe just others that you're, you know, that you've learned a bit about? Well, I'll preface this with not every, there's, there's not just Reiki. Now I'm saying this as an avid Reiki lover, <laughs> as a Reiki master teacher, there's not just Reiki out there. And there seems to be this trend that energy healing is Reiki, which is not untrue i think it's backwards reiki is a type of energetic exactly healing. that's what it is because without fail and people lump it in also with clearing as well you have people who come in and they think they have an attachment and they're oh well i need a reiki session they get there and they're telling you and you're like <laughs> one of these things is not like the other boop, 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 yeah. boop, boop. so really really quickly i want to interject okay and then i'll get you let you get back to you know talking about different healing modalities um i'm seeing within some of the more like politically correct trending kinds of things on social media now, particularly with things like, uh, you know, the, going into the subject of closed practices, I'm seeing, and I actually have seen several times now, things going around about Reiki being a closed practice. <laughs> I don't see how they could say that. I mean, and ba I mean, basically in essence, like if you're not Asian American or, or Asian, excuse me, Asian, um, that you, you, have no access to to reiki i'm gonna tell you right right now that's that is a load of bullshit and i will say that because the originator of reiki was uh dr usui dr usui trained oh god was it hiyashi it was he trained hiyashi and then hiyashi or let's see usui did i think it was three two or three master attunements where he actually passed on his lineage of life you yep. can now teach this. Yep. And then there was Hayashi, <clears throat> who followed his line, line of teaching. And then there was Takata. And Takata was actually Hayashi's student. And Well, two of them actually opened up a school. Well, that was that was Isui. And, okay. Because uh, they were letting anyone who could wanted to learn come to that school. And there mm -hmm. was no requirement that you had to be Asian mm -hmm. or a certain type of race. If you wanted to learn, they would teach you. Well, it was mo mainly in Asia where it originated, right? And then as Takata hap, uh, came into her being, uh, Takata, uh, I might be saying name wrong, name, names wrong. I would have to pull out some of my notes. The pronunciation is um, possible. <laughs> but Takata went on to do, like, it was like a Reiki alliance where she actually trained, I think it was like 44 individual students in the West, in the Americas, to do Reiki and teach it. Weren't some of them in Europe, too? Mm, some of them may have been in Europe. I think so. But, um, so, yeah, it's just like, no, Reiki has nothing to do with that. On top of that, Reiki literally translates to life force, life force energy, universal life force energy. That is not closed. Yeah. Period. Everyone, and if someone everyone wants has to come that. for me, come, come, <laughs> come for me on this, they're more than welcome to. Show me your lineage. Show me your initiations. Anyway, okay. that's okay. that. All right, anyway. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for answering that. Just because as someone who does not practice Reiki, um, you know, I was I was wondering what the, the take of a Reiki master would be. I, so I will say, sorry to interject. This is my last thing about it. 
Reiki is a closed practice to the extent that in order for you to be considered a Reiki practitioner, you need to receive your attunements. Um, from, but, a, from a certified From a certified Reiki. Reiki master teacher. Yep. yep. Um, who can actually prove their lineage as well. So anyway, all right, sorry. Okay. All right, thank you. Okay, so let's get let's get back to discussion of other modalities because you both have talked about about how Reiki is not all that is going on with energetic healing. So let's let's shift away from Reiki now. <laughs> what what <laughs> else is out there? Well, I, I mean, I'll I give mean, just a few that you're familiar with. I'll give you just the example. My first energetic healing that I just kind of learned intuitively was just manipulating energy with no training whatsoever, other than the aspect of I wanted to help people and I wanted to help them heal. And I was using my own energies to do it okay. when I first started learning. So are you talking like something that would be comparable to like a, a laying on of hands? Kind of. I mean, it's a little more, it's a little more metaphysical than that because you're actually manipulating energy and, and the, the intent was to heal it. And you weren't just praying like a laying on of hands that you're healed. Okay. You were doing energy work. Okay. But I hadn't had any other instruction and that was my first type of energy work. Hmm. All right. Okay. But what else? I do multiple different kinds. I mean, Sun Moon, which is specific to our tradition. Okay, what is what is that? Um, sun sun moon, moon healing. Healing is uh, is a Romani healing practice um, that uses projective and receptive. The idea of projective and receptive energies to balance out the energy in the body, because after all, that's what disease is. Right, is an imbalance of energies in the body. On an energetic level. And to summarize it, it's basically one hand puts in energy and one hand takes energy out of the body. Okay. So actually, so that, that raises another question. So we've talked a lot about, you know, words like dis-ease. Not disease, but dis-ease. And we've talked about how these are energetic modalities of healing. Do these, do these processes only heal the energetic body? Yes and no. You do the work energetically, and then what happens is your body works physically to, to follow that energetic blueprint you made for healing when you did your energetic healing work. Okay. The, the, the way I explain it is you are <clears throat> healing and rebalancing the energy in an effort to encourage and stimulate the physical body to respond appropriately, like Chris said. So, okay. yes. All right. Okay, so we've talked about Reiki, we've talked about uh, individual or personal intuitive healing, we've talked about sun-moon healing. Are there any others? I'm going to admit that in some of my healing sessions, I will use energetic reflexology. I'll work on sections of people's feet. Okay, so like like meridians, mm -hmm. working with the, the meridian flow of the body? Yep. Okay, all right. What about crystal grid healing, Mike? So I, was, I wasn't going to talk about crystal energy healing because I really kind of wanted this episode to be about the two of you, but, uh, but I, also, I also do healing work. I, I do sun-moon healing, and, uh, and I do have um, a certification in, in crystal energy healing. Um, yeah, and that is, I, I really want to say, pretty much comparable to these other modalities, except you have the additional element of particular crystals and stones that you use to amplify or to better direct your, your healing focus. Um, yeah. It's still energetic healing. Though. It is still energetic healing, absolutely. You just have this physical <clears throat> yeah. medium, you know, this, this thing that kind of helps to enhance. Um, and I, I will admit, I have not mm -hmm. been, like, officially trained in, in crystal grid healing, but I've used crystals in my healing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, if there were misconceptions, if there were things that, that people out there had you know, ideas that people have that were kind of wrong thinking about this, this kind of work, what, what would those be? Like, what would you like to tell people? My first one I would want people to know is it's not one and done. You don't go get one Reiki treatment or one healing treatment and you're now cured and never have to get any kind of medical help again because, or energy work, or energy work mm -hmm. because <clears throat> it, it doesn't work that way. You have habits and the way you treat your body can actually undo healing that a person that does energetic healing for you it can undo the work they did depending on your life habits and, and how you treat your body and some things take more than just one healing session to actually really help fix 
I would say that it's very prominent in the New Age and Lightworker circles that energy work is a valid replacement for psychological therapy, medical healing, um, you know, medical professionalism, um, medicine, in, and medicine in general. And, and that's just not true. I, I have heard people claim that they went and they go to Reiki Master three times a week and their rheumatoid arthritis is just is just gone and doctors are baffled. And while I can see how that would be beneficial to an inflammatory, a chronic inflammatory disease like rheumatoid arthritis, where you're in pain and you're swollen all the time and balancing out the energies of the body could assist in that, um, that almost tells me that there could be some sort of placebo effect going on. Well, there. and to be fair, though, if you're really getting energy work three times a week, you're not giving... You probably do feel better because mm -hmm. you're never your body's never having a chance to either backslide or fall back in its mm -hmm. own habits. Well, and on top of that, it's also, if it's a Reiki practitioner, the whole purpose of Reiki is to facilitate healing through relaxation and mm -hmm. calm. Yep. Okay. Um, and... Another thing that I'm noticing that people need to try and like steer away from when it comes to um, healing is like the, like Chris said, the one and done, but jumping into like a cord cutting for everything, that has become such a huge mm -hmm. issue. People, you know, go through a breakup and they show up to their energy work session and they've had a week maybe since the breakup yeah. and they're like i need you to cut this cord and it's like okay you can't do that you cannot spiritually bypass healing yeah they want to avoid any of the growth process you get any from mourning and, and, and processing the hurt mm -hmm. they just want to be done with it mm -hmm. yeah well yeah. and there's also this idea that healing should be beautiful <clears throat> and i'm gonna tell you right now while <laughs> it, it's like massage therapy i've noticed you get some really awesome energy work done and immediately afterwards you're feeling good you're feeling loosey goosey and then the next day or a couple hours later you're feeling like shit because your body is now having to realign process and release and remove yeah. things yeah I, I totally get what you're saying because like there are times where the people even tell you like that day I felt so relaxed, but then I went home later that night and I felt like I was beat up. And you're like, well, yeah, and that's why I told you to rest and drink lots of fluids, drink lots of water, because your body still has to do the physical work to catch up with what we did for the energetic healing. You're gonna feel tired, it's okay, mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes the healing is kind of ugly. Like, there have been sessions where people cry, they're like, like full on ugly crying. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. no, don't, don't. You're ugly like, when you cry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mascara like running down your face. But but they do feel mm -hmm. better when it's, it's not done. Even but mm -hmm. yeah. I, I had one session when I first started training, where I was finally at a level where I could work on someone else who was not a part of like the class or a member of my coven, and and this woman gets on the table and she's just like I could just tell her stomach was distended. I'm like something is going on. So I start working on her. My hands gravitate automatically to like the sides of her belly and i'm like okay what's going on maybe she's pregnant and i'm sitting here and i'm like there's a huge blockage here and me a young reiki practitioner at the age of <laughs> 16 <laughs> was like i'm just gonna go ahead and and i started just letting that energy run through and i started i smelled something awful and i like stopped and i was like what's going on is it the incense what's going on and this woman had this most uncomfortable, most concerned look on her face. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I looked at her, and I was like, are you okay? Is something going on? She's like... Did you almost have, have her reiki her pants? Yes. Yeah, she reikied her pants. She, she went, is it all right if I go to the bathroom? And I was like, yeah. Yes. She got up and she went to the bathroom. And this woman was in tears when she came out. And her belly had gotten smaller. Whoa. And I looked at her and I was like, is everything okay? She's like... She was so distraught <laughs> that she had almost messed her pants, <laughs> and, and and she was like, that was not pretty, and then she continued to tell me, she was like, it had been like a week and a half since she'd gone to the bathroom. Oh, wow. And like, laxatives weren't working, and then like, she did get something out, it was like, oh, boop. It was a struggle. Just enough, yeah. you know? And 
that was not a pretty healing session for her. Sure. Well, for she, anyone else in the room either, from the sound of exactly. it. Exactly. It was, and, and honestly, that was kind of traumatic. She for probably her. really remembered that. Yes. <laughs> Um, the, the power of Reiki. <laughs> the power of energy, man. So, okay, so, okay. Never, okay. I, I, I want to say one more thing because oh. it was it hit me really strongly. I do want to say that it's important to realize that as Reiki practitioners, we can do a lot to help the body heal, but there are still conditions and things that are wrong with your body that you need to go seek medical attention because mm-hmm. okay. we can't fix well, everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, Austin was just talking about that with, yeah. when he was talking about spiritual bypassing, but, yeah, um, which I is something thought... that we see happening, I think, in every corner of the spiritual community these days. Everybody mm-hmm. wants an, a miracle fix or a quick cure. And yeah, that they're, they're, they're just not what's possible. So along those lines, I do want to ask, because from the sound of it, the way that you guys have been talking, it seems to me like, like these kinds of healing techniques or, or processes would really be good for pretty much anybody. I mean, is there anybody that wouldn't benefit from these? Like, is there anybody, like when somebody calls you to make an appointment for, for a session, are you like, oh no, this, this is probably not a good idea for you? There's a couple couple instances I can point out that could be problematic to getting Reiki or energetic healing. If there's any kind of trust issue, mm. um, if they don't feel like they can open up, or even a belief, like if they doubt or skeptic about the ability to do it, yes, the Reiki can still work, but it's a lot harder, one, for the practitioner to do it, because you have to struggle through all the, the um, what do you call it? Stuff. The resistance, I guess, is that a good way to call it? Mm-hmm. Um, so those two instances I say are it's not that it won't work for you, but it, it maybe won't be as pleasant as for other people. Okay. So it's not a physical issue. It would be have more to do with like the emotional and mental space mm-hmm. yeah. that the client was in. Well, and just the fact that certain conditions, we can help with it, but we're not going to fix it. Okay. As long as they under, acknowledge that and realize they still have to get medical help, get modern medicine to actually help them fix the main root cause of what's wrong, and then we can use Reiki to help with pain and to help manage. Okay. Yeah. All right. I agree with all that. Uh, the only thing I would add is I wouldn't do work on someone or agree to do work on someone if for some reason there is immediate distress. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, like, they need to be going to the emergency room, you mean? In going to the emergency room immediately or... <clears throat> or when you start working on them more uncomfortable. They're or, like, ooh, that hurts. or And they start panicking. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't work on them. Or, or more so when someone is not mentally sound. Mm-hmm. Because that is not only dangerous for that person, the person receiving it, it's dangerous to the practitioner. Um, I I have turned away people who show up who have been told to go see a Reiki master to get the voices in their head to stop. After, Ooh, okay. And yeah, yeah, Reiki is not going to work for that. Exactly. I mean, nope. so I sat. I would. I, you know, during your first initial intake there. If you go to go to someone and they don't necessarily do like an intake, like they don't ask you those questions like, what are you here for? What are we doing today? Then they're probably not very good at what they do. But so for the first initial intake, I sit down and I talk to them and what's happening, you know, and at that point, it's my job, not as a healer, but as an intuitive person, as someone who is intuitive well, and, and, ethical. And, and as ethical. an ethical practitioner and ethical yes. to actually scan this individual and go there's nothing i can help you with and you have to be honest about that there are so many people out there who will work on people regardless i mean that if someone is schizophrenic and they are coming to you nothing there's nothing wrong with that but they are not seeking help they are not medicated they are not going to therapy and you are still willingly taking this person's money for your services and then not having any other conversation outside of that. And you continue to pump them full of this idea that this can help them and they just mm-hmm. continue to pay. That's so unethical. Yeah. So, so, I mean, once again, I mean, that kind of brings us back to something we've touched upon twice now. We, we, we continue to kind of see this huge issue with spiritual bypass mm-hmm. around these processes. And, and as you, you mentioned, an additional element, you know, you have practitioners out there and, and this will happen in any uh, practice, you know, in, in any, any community, you're going to have practitioners out there that are going to, that are going to be unethical, who are willing to 
basically like they're they're willing to gaslight or they're willing to actually work along with these processes of bypassing or for financially these people for, take advantage for the sake of, of making a dollar yeah. uh which you know is again really unfortunate you know yeah. i think we talk to a lot of people when they come to us and they ask us like well how how do i find a good practitioner and one of the things that we always say is you know pay very close attention to the fact that they seem more interested in your money than yeah. in, in actually helping you because that'll be a huge tell right there mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I, Let's it, let's hold on. Well, I want to add one more thing to that because of the, that topic you just talked about. Another thing too is when you go see a practitioner, really evaluate how you feel afterwards. Did they do anything to help you feel better? Did do you feel a noticeable difference after they did their treatment? Because that's also a telling sign. If they're not skilled enough to actually help you, don't go back to them. Yeah. Well, that would be true of anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you would do the same thing for a. Yeah. Like a psychic or, or any other kind of spiritualist. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about, and this is really going to be directed mainly at Chris, I believe. Although I'm sure Austin, you probably would have some, some good info on this as well. Chris, you work in our, you are, you are, you work on our team of practitioners at the shop and you actually do a lot of work as, as what we would, would call an, a medical intuitive. Right. So can you. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Can you so, explain that? Basically, it's just a psychic gift, kind of like mediumship or telekinesis or telepathy, where what I see is when I look at a body and I'm actually focusing on that, I can see areas where I can see what's wrong or I can feel what's wrong or I can identify and like something comes to me and says, this is their issue. And like, if I can't heal it, I can at least let them, hey, go seek medical attention for this and ask them to look for this specific area or test your blood for this. I've done that many times to help a customer say, hey, go have your doctor check and do these tests. And then they'll come back, oh yeah, this was wrong or whatever. And it's helped them because it gives them something to ask for when they go see their doctor. Okay. But it's basically just like another type of gift. and it, for me, it, it's like shadows and and I was just gonna say, what is, it, what is it you see when you look at someone physically? I'll see shadows or like mists of area that's a little darker or spiderwebbed with something. I'll see red spots or areas of inflammation. I just, and it's almost partially like you feel it in your own body. Does okay. that make sense? It's like, oh, it, it like right. transposes and it's like, so it's like, oh, I'm feeling it here in my stomach or I'm so feeling this like in my- sympathetic kind of, yeah. kind of sensation. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Um, are you just on all the time? No, no. I That would be so draining. I have to prepare myself and say, okay, I'm doing this, and then I'll look. Does okay. that make sense? Okay. It's like I have to prep myself or like say, I don't leave it on all the time. I would be exhausted. Okay. I, I want to ask, ask you the same question, Austin, because we, we hear that a lot, right? We have a lot of people that come in, even just in the context of like just doing psychic work. They're like, oh, well, you must just be on all the time. Like you're always picking up things all the time. You're always reading people. And no. We're not. We do actually, if, if we are in control of our, of our abilities and our gifts, we do actually develop techniques that give us the ability to kind of check out. We have to. We have to. Otherwise, we do. We burn ourselves out. Mm -hmm. So what are, your, what are your feelings on that? Like, are you on all the time? <laughs> I'm not I on. mean, we would probably say yes, but for different reasons. <laughs> Fuck. Both of you. Y'all just, oh, you're just, you're just, you're just, that you are, was just you are, being playful. you are, you are our, our extra, you're our extra, you are our extra flame on person. <laughs> anyway, if you'd answer the question. Yeah. Sorry. That would actually be kind of fun as a Reiki practitioner. When you start your session, like you get your hands all ready to go. Flame <laughs> on. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. That's going to be my new trigger word. That's awesome. Okay. Do it. All right. My trigger statement. Okay. I'm starting a Reiki session now. Flame on. Flame on. <laughs> okay. Trademark. All right. Okay. Well, I'm Marvel might too. Yeah, so Marvel might. <laughs> might Mar okay. Marvel might. Just All right. I guess it's Disney now, isn't it? Yeah. So, for me, as an okay, as an intuitive, as someone who is highly sensitive, I'm not ever off, but I'm not always full on. It's not like a switch for me. It's more like a dimmer. Yeah. So, you know, throughout the day, we have a manager who wants everyone to know how cute he is. Yes, Merlin was trying yes, to get yes. right in front of the microphone. Yes, we have, a, we have a cat hovering in front of or around the microphone. Yes, um, yes, you have to move. You have to move. As so, so, yes, I'm on all the time, but I'm not on full blast. So it's, I, I, I keep my abilities dimmed when I'm in the shop. 
Um, mainly just so on an intuitive level, I can help people out because there are sometimes people will trying to be asked you something and they're not being 100% open about it for whatever reason. They're in public, they're embarrassed, whatever. And it's up to me to give them the best information. And so, so I just kind of go with that. But I'm not like full-blown reading okay, people all well, the time. I'm going to say, I would agree with you on that. But I want to ask you a question to kind mm -hmm. of clarify. So when I say off and on, I'm not saying I completely turn off and I'm just a norm with no ability whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I just basically like turn certain areas of what I do mm -hmm. off and saying, I don't want to worry about that. Like, so like your mediumship, mm -hmm. you're a very good medium on top mm -hmm. of the other things you do. You're not on all the time as a mediumship. You turn that off, right? Mm -hmm. Or do you really have that on? It really is pretty much consistently on. Mike's also a medium, but Mike's, Mike's a physical medium. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mental medium. So I get to this point where it's almost like it's always a dull hum. Okay. And I'm constantly seeing things out of the corner of my eyes. I know that makes me sound like I have really bad mental illness, but I'm always seeing things out of the corner of my eyes. If you're ever talking to me and you see my eyes dart behind you and then okay. back to you, it's because I saw something. Okay. Um, so, so would you say like you put it on mute? Yeah, like I dampen it. It's okay. not even a mute. It's like kind of like like a white noise kind of behind, yeah. Okay. Behind so background. Else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but, maybe that's more accurate. Yeah. Because I, I don't tr shut myself completely off where I'm like, I I can't sense anything. It's just, I don't focus on that intent of, I'm going to look inside your body, every single person I see. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you've got this. And oh, this oh, is God, wrong no, with you. That would be exhausting. I, I couldn't do it. And that's one other thing I wanted to bring out is I really think that that medical intuitiveness is linked. Because I know everyone says they're an empath. And I'm sorry, not everyone is a oh, true well, empath. Just because you're well, you have to make the distinguishment between em em empathy, which is a human. Right trait or quality and intuitive empathy right. well see i am a, a, an intuitive empath and i think that's part of the reason where i got my ability to look at people and, and give a medical like i see this with your body okay so i really think that's kind of linked okay i, I i'd agree with chris because well every healer needs to have some form of empathy um every, every healer needs to be able to show compassion by Sorry, we're, we're laughing because I have a cat with her butt right in my face. Like, look at my butt. We are, we are, we are surrounded by cats in our studio today. It's pretty ridiculous, actually. Um, they just, they just all need to hang out. They got, they got to supervise. All right. Okay. Continue. Okay, let's. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Austin. And I forgot what I was saying. Um, you were, agreeing, you were agreeing okay. with me with the empathic ability. Yes. Okay. I'm sure there's something else. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. It's been all a long right. day. Cat, cat, cat distractions. Um, anyway, all right, let's, um, okay, so, of course, we are witches. How, with the, with the obvious statement, of course, that things like Reiki, crystal energy healing, uh, whatever it might sun be, right, healing. sun, moon healing, you know, th these are things that are spiritual techniques, spiritual practices, but these are also things that are not necessarily witchcraft so as witches how do you feel like i mean how do you incorporate these practices into into your craft i mean they're not of witchcraft it's not that they're not connected and as witches we do certainly do healing mm -hmm. work mm -hmm. right um you know i think i think really to be honest i mean healing is one of the most important kinds of work that we do as witches yep. but mm -hmm. how, how do you guys see the the difference there or how, how do, you, do you see a difference well, there Yes and no. As a witch, you go where there's power and you use tools that work. Okay. So basically, energetic healing, whatever kind it is, is a tool that as a witch, if you know it works and you can make it work for you, of course you're going to use it. Just like you have that really good healing spell that works every time. You always It's like your go-to healing spell. That's just another tool. It's like, oh, I'm going to do Reiki on this or I'm going to use this to... Um, add some extra energy to this item that's going to be part of my healing spell. So it's just, it accompanies and can be part of your your craft. Yeah. I agree with that. It's also all just energy. And yep. as a witch, we, manipulate we are... Spells are fancy energy manipulations. Yeah, we do. We're transmuters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just, yep. we work with energy and we, we change it. We change so, the form of energy. Exactly. Um, there are certain modalities that you'll find that are inherently more witch 
craft leaning. Um, I mean, the act of laying on of hands is no different than you going to the wise woman in the in the woods, <laughs> and her saying, "Here, hold this while I put my hands on your head." Yeah. Now it's no different. The laying on of hands is you place your hands on someone and you and healing energy moves through them. Sometimes that's accompanied by prayers. Sometimes that's accompanied by symbols. Sometimes that's accompanied by sound, sound yeah. and mm -hmm. singing and chanting or, or silence. So it's just energy manipulation. Yep. And it's just knowing enough about energy and how to do it. Okay. Get him, Toby. <laughs> now, now the cats are fighting. We we called them out, and now they're fighting. The cats are getting an awful lot of attention on this episode. Um, <laughs> all right. Is there anything else that the two of you would like to share on energetic healing? This is one of those subjects I think that really, that really, to be honest, is pretty straightforward. Once you're somewhat familiar with it, if you're like completely on the outside of this, this can be something that can be really confusing for a lot of people. But, but it actually doesn't need to be confusing. Yeah, I think. If someone's trying to make it sound confusing or make it sound more complicated, I think they're just trying to bolster their ego. Yeah. I will follow that up with, much like everything that would be magic or witchcraft related, you need to make sure you know your sources and you know what you're doing. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've had people who come into the shop and they're like, oh, well, I'm a Reiki master. I'm like, oh, yeah, who did your initiations? Or who did your achievements? <laughs> oh, well, I did it myself. Like, no. I just do it. No. I just do it. I just found the, 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 the symbols online, and I just do it. And so first off, that's illegal, because in order to actually practice Reiki, in most places, you need to have that fancy little piece of paper that says, You've gone here's who can verify yeah. me. You've gone through the training. And it's very frustrating as someone who is a healer who has put their time in, who has spent money on classes and certification and practice and work to have someone just go, oh, well, I'm just a healer and not know what they know, not, <laughs> and not know what they're doing because, well, I just feel, well, I just, because it's my opinion that, well, I just feel cool. Yeah. People who's. People who, who place their own UPG above, you know, yes. like legitimate practice. Yes. And, 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 and real information. Exactly. Well, and the, and the originators of certain modalities, that is UPG. But this UPG, unverified personal gnosis, for those of yes, you who Yes, unverified are, personal, personal gnosis. gnosis. Yes. The concept of UPG is that's really how, that's, that's how we get things like Reiki. That's how we got things like Sun and Moon. Yep. That's how we got things like this. Because some person... Years and years and years and years ago. Hey, I'm going to try this. When this idea just popped in my head. This makes sense because of my beliefs. This is what I'm going to do. Yep. And boom, healing modality was born through UPG. But that then was taken and verified through the practice of it. Mm -hmm. Other people learned it. It grew. Other people learned it. It grew. And then it started coming well, in. It, it also changed and grew. Yeah, it grew. evolved. It, it evolved. evolved as people, as other people practice it and realize there's... A slightly different way to do it that it works better there's a slightly different way you can do it that it does slightly different uh, results mm -hmm. where you can say okay yeah this is a this is now like a practice or a, a field that mm -hmm. people can study okay i have a question for the two of you since we we kind of went down this 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 path um and of course we always consider these things as witches right mm -hmm. because we as witches we have to look at both the the you know, the, uh, what would we call the, the positives and the negatives of any kind of energy work, right? Yes. Um, would you, would you say along the lines of what you were both just kind of talking about, if you go and you see someone who doesn't actually have the training that they should have, I mean, can energy, energetic work harm, be harmful? Yes. If not done accurately? Yes. Like, are there consequences to working with someone who really doesn't know or isn't really who, or what they claim Absolutely. to be? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I... I've been in this game for for a minute. This I, is a game now. It's what I got entire. <laughs> okay. I, I I've been in I, I I've been doing professional healing work since I was sixteen. Okay. 
And I can tell you right now that I met some really awesome people doing it mm-hmm. and learning, but I also met a lot of people who thought that they could just do whatever they wanted. I had a client who came to me um, and they had just done their Usui Holy Fire Reiki Master Teacher Attunement. They had done it about a week ago. And since then, they were experiencing all these things. And I was like, well, if you received an attunement, and I assume it's legitimate, you're having some sort of energetic release. You're having some sort of this. And they didn't come to me for an energy session. They came to me for a reading to see if something was going on. Mm. And so I did a reading, and it came up that this practitioner who attuned them didn't know what they were doing. And upon further notice, like upon further looking in and like actually opening up and seeing what was going on in the aura, this person had, it, it looked like their aura was made of Swiss cheese. Oh, this is the client that came This is the client, yeah. 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 Okay. Their, their aura looked like Swiss cheese. There were holes everywhere. And there's this nasty like hook. That was just right there at the top of their head. And they've been having full-blown arc migraines since this. And the, their energy centers were all out of sorts. Their heart and their root were just non-existent. However, their crown was just full-blown flaring. So all their energy was So there. everything that was happening was they were disconnected from reality. The practitioner didn't know what they were doing or how to ground them properly. So, took care of it, sealed up the aura, removed the hook, grounded them, and they got better. But this person charged them thousands of dollars for this attunement and ultimately ended up hurting them. Okay. So, along those same lines, I think it's important, as a practitioner, whatever kind of energetic healing work you're going to do, one, it's a right to tell a client... I can't help you. Yep. If you look at him and you say, and you see something that I don't know how to deal with this, you can say that. Say, you know, I'm not sure how to help you. This is something I haven't experienced with. Get someone else to help you or tell them to go see someone else. It's okay to do that. It's actually better ethically. As a person that you're supposed to be caring about and trying to help Mm -hmm. someone recover, to say, I don't want to mess this up. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do to try to help you. So let's go see someone else. It's okay to do that. All right. Cool. And ultimately, that'll save them the trouble. Hopefully, if they listen. Sometimes they won't listen. A lot of times they don't listen. And then, um, legally, for you. Well, and it also builds a relationship where if that person does come back to you for some other kind of healing, they can trust you because they know if you run across something that you don't know how to deal with or don't feel comfortable doing, you're going to tell them. Why not? All right. Well, thank you for sharing your your experienced perspectives on energetic healing. So, all right, that was fun. All right, <laughs> let's let's shift gears. Let's talk a little bit about what we are. What are we loving in witchcraft right now? Who wants to go first? You want to? You want to? All right. So I think I want to talk about um, the movement with witchcraft and witches taking responsibility for guardianship of our planet taking care of our planet improving it and actually caring for the well-being of this wonderful world that we live in that basically is giving us life i just i love it it's good it's a good focus that everyone needs to have and as witches we're custodians of the planet we we should be yeah we are we are meant to be we we acknowledge the planet as a source of power yep so we need to take care of that yeah I'm liking that. Me too. I'm liking that too. I'm liking that also. (laughs) Alright. What about you, Austin? What What are you loving about witchcraft right now? I'm loving the resurgence of Hecate. Yeah. She does, she does still seem to be, like, experiencing quite a resurgence. I, I, um, I'm very pleased as a, as a fellow Hecatean witch. I'm very pleased by that. I do have concerns because I think that one of the reasons that she's very popular right now has a lot to do with the trendy 
Like, you know, I, I get where I'm going with this right now is she was featured prominently in the latest season of the Sabrina series on Netflix. Right. Um, and to me, this is very much one of these or issues where we have, like, you know, say, like, you know, several years back when the uh, Marvel's Avengers movies came out and the character Thor was featured so prominently in those movies. Oh, and Loki. And then, yes. and Loki. And then all of a sudden, there was this enormous boom in the Norse pagan community. And everybody was like, oh, Thor. And it's like, that's not Thor. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 no. No. So, anyway, back to you. Hecate. I'm loving the resurgence of Hecate. Um, why do you feel that is? Why do you, why do you feel she's, she's popping up again? Well, oh, God. Can I, I might... share a thought real quick while you're yeah. gathering your no. thoughts? No. I don't think she's ever really gone away. No, no, she, I, don't know I think she's... what it really is is there's just like that pendulum swing of of the actual societal acknowledgement of her, but she's always there. Mm -hmm. I think it's because of politics. Mm -hmm. I think the, pol the political situation. I think when the Cheeto rose to power, <laughs> uh, that's right. I said Cheeto. Fucking come for me, bitches. Um, also known as Agent Orange. Agent Orange. Also known as Adolf Hertler. <laughs> His hair is horrible. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. I want Cheetos now. Anyway. So, but I think what happened was a very, a large, very massive number of people were confronted with the shadow that is America. You know, we talk about our shadow work as human beings, but as witches, we're animists. And we believe that everything has energy, everything yep. has a soul, everything has a spirit, which means everything will have a shadow. And America has had many and will continue to have a lot. So oh, I, think, I think we're, we're, we're going on easily over 400 years of shadow work right let now. Let me add a thought to that. Maybe because it could be that because of, like, as you called him, the Cheeto. Mm hmm a bigger portion of the United States felt marginalized and Hecate is the goddess of the marginalized, mm -hmm. the, the unrepresented. Mm -hmm. Well, that and her darkness and her shadow is so dark that when a shadow this large comes up, she, it, it takes notice. Yeah. And so it was four years and continuing thereof of a huge massive shadow of American culture and society. Okay, but okay, so you guys, but you guys, we've made a lot of we've we've made a lot of comments. We've we've made some examples here about how this is certainly something we're seeing within America, within mm -hmm. the U.S. Right. Um, but the the resurgence in the worship of Hecate is happening worldwide. So, do you think other other things like perhaps maybe like the 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 stress and the and the, the difficulty and the grief of going through the latest pandemic with the mm -hmm. coronavirus oh yeah just the human a lot condition. of other things yeah. like I mean we really do seem to be just in 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 general humanity mm -hmm. right now really pretty much has been mm -hmm. pretty is it, things are pretty fucked well, right now we'll just say that yes. well and let's take let's take a look at the shadow archetypes that have risen we have um, victim yep is being brought up we have um, workaholic that's being brought up. We have all these things that are popping up that have been big issues, not just in America, but in society as a whole. Yeah. We've all been trying, that we've all yes. been facing. The with. chronic illness. Yes. Society is a whole. Yeah. Yes. Chronic illness, all that stuff. And we're now being faced with that. Those shadows have now been pulled from that dark depth of Hecate, and she is still left there, shining a light on these shadows mm -hmm. for everyone to deal with. We just we just have to open our eyes mm -hmm. and, and, and or, do the work process, or pull our heads out of our asses, yeah. or whatever it is that helps us to get our vision clear. I really want Cheetos, right? You really want Cheetos? I, really want I don't. Cheetos. I don't. I don't. I don't have any Cheetos. I'm very sorry. I'm gonna DoorDash Cheetos. You're gonna DoorDash Cheetos? That seems what a what waste. Of, you guys want what a waste of money. Um, <clears throat> all right. You know, I want to talk about what I. One of the things that I'm loving about witchcraft right now, and um, and I almost hesitate because this isn't really a witchcraft issue. This really, to be honest, is merely a pagan issue. And as we we said on a prior uh, episode of the podcast, witches and pagans are different things. Okay, but 
since they kind of fall under the same umbrella many many a times, um, I one of the things I'm liking right now is we've just uh, you know we're today actually like we're still in in the spring equinox like mm -hmm. we're, we're yep. we we and many pagans all over the place not everywhere but many pagans depending on their path have honored uh, Ostara or have celebrated Ostara as a part of their spring equinox acknowledgments. Um, but one of the things I noticed this year, I think for probably the first time in a long time, is this public understanding that not everybody celebrates Ostara, that not everybody yep. falls within the traditions or the paths that would evolve or involve Ostara. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy to see that because I don't celebrate Ostara. Our, our, our coven tradition does not yep. celebrate Ostara. Mm -hmm. We do acknowledge the equinox, absolutely. But but the celebration or the acknowledgement for that would for us would be quite a bit different. Yeah. And so I liked it because to me, this was another example of how we seem to be kind of seeing a little bit of a deprogramming, or I would almost venture to say like a decolonizing mm -hmm. of the, the witchcraft and pagan community right now. Yeah. Um, I think for the longest time we've had this... Um, very this, Wiccan. This very Wiccan and this very Anglo, uh, Anglo-Saxon kind of influence over much of the pagan community and, and witchcraft practices. And there's so much more out there. And and to be honest, those cultures and their witchcraft practices really are, are not even amongst the oldest that exist in our world. Many other cultures have much, much older practices and traditions. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the older practices and traditions are better necessarily, but, but there were other ways. There were and are other ways. And so I was very happy to see people kind of talking about that this yes. year. I hope that that's something that continues. We, uh, we need to see doorways like that to greater no, diversity. That's very healthy. So. Well, and usually there's some underlying connection in the sense of the idea or the purpose of what you're doing is similar in the sense that it all kind of does a similar process or achieves a similar goal because it's like spring equinox is the spring equinox for everyone but you don't have to in always the, follow in the northern the same, hemisphere yes you don't have to follow the same pattern to yeah. to to, to yeah. acknowledge it yeah i like it which is a good, a good point actually because i had that conversation again not too long ago i was talking with someone in the shop and we were, we were talking about the equinox and and it had never occurred to this person that we really only celebrate the spring equinox this time of year in the northern hemisphere oh, absolutely yeah that it's in, winter yeah fall th this is this is the, the this is the autumnal equinox in, yeah. in, in the southern hemisphere that's true it's based on the differences in the in the seasons and so yeah so it, it was just kind of surprising this person to that conversation they were like oh my god i didn't realize like everybody doesn't do the spring equinox at the same time and it's mm -hmm. like no we don't and we don't acknowledge it in the same way nope. yeah and that's okay so what are we hating about witchcraft right now You're gonna go first. I went first last time. You go so first. Much. Um, Come on, Austin. Let them have it. That's why they're here. Both barrels. Before I, turning the gun on himself. <laughs> I am hating, and this is just, this is just me right now. And this is just me. Oh, it might it might not just be you. Yeah, I'm be. hating the absolute discompassionate mannerisms that I'm seeing in the witch community that have been brought about by oh god I'm going back to politics again what's wrong with me that have been brought about by human politics so give me an example what yeah that's, that's pretty vague if you are shopping in my store I assume you are a witch <laughs> or a pagan okay right? I assume you are someone who has a little bit more of a free mind and understands that you're walking into a shop is essentially a hippie shop. We sell incense. A we hippie sell herbs. shop. I like really? to call it a witch store. It is a witch store, <laughs> but if we look at it, we sell incense, we sell herbs, we have patchouli fucking essential oil. Yeah, but all right. so, so continue. Uh, so all right. you, you, it's a place where you would assume the more liberal, free-minded. I would like to protect my fellow man and do as good to them as I possibly can. Okay. I do would come along. No, no, no. Instead, you have people who are so selfish that, well, it's hard for me to breathe with this mask on. Uh, I, I okay. was wondering where you're going. Now I get it. <laughs> I have a medical exemption. Produces... F people have gone to lengths to produce fake things so that they are not inconvenienced. And then getting pissed off because I'm... 
I, I make you feel that you are a discompassionate human being by pointing out your, your lack of compassion. That's what I'm hating, is that in the witch community, there is still this idea that just because I feel that I am the most special romantic flower, pretty flower in the entire world, and everyone should gaze upon me, I am, does not mean that I'm going to treat you any differently. Does not mean that you deserve special treatment. I don't care if you are goddess herself incarnate. At that point, you can make me do it. <laughs> Until then, you're just another human. So, so, so what you're hating in the witch community is basically just the lack of sympathy. Yes. And the selfishness. Uh -huh. Or I should say lack of empathy. And the selfishness. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, those are really that. That's a hu those are human conditions. That's that, a human that condition. The, the so, is it fair to say that as witches, we hold ourselves to a higher standard and we expect better behavior? Yes, I think we should actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, and it has nothing to do with witches being better than anybody else. I think it has more to do with the fact that we as We're witches holding ourselves to a higher. We standard. we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard because we are working with energies and influences, yeah. and we have knowledge that is beyond the mundane, and well, we have to try to be impeccable with that. I think it's funny because my, what am I hating right now about witchcraft is in the profession of being a reader and an energetic healer, I'm also knowing a lack, noticing a lack of consideration for people's time. So mm. as a professional, I block out an hour of time for you to do, whether it's a reading or a healing, but I'm actually saving time for you. If you're not going to come, do the courtesy of giving me a phone call and saying, hey, I can't make it to this appointment, so maybe you can help someone else. It's just, it's it's not that hard. It's a phone call yeah. to say, hey, and if you're really not sure, don't make the appointment until you've really set that time. Like, yep, I'm going to I'm gonna block your time. And I know your time is important, so this is now, because you wouldn't do that to your doctor. The doctor would say, okay, this is your time, and you're paying for it whether you show up or not. They, they basically hold you to this expectation that their time is valuable. Well, ours is too. Yeah. So it goes along kind of the same lines with Austin's. Yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I mean, there does, there does seem to be a, a lack of consideration. And, you know, and I want to say, you know, focusing back on, on a bit more around, like, the, at least we'll say, like, the pagan community in general. You know, and not that only pagans do this, because the majority of the people I think that probably come to us for services are not pagan. You know, they're open, but they would probably would not identify as pagan. You know, um, but it's, I, it's, and this is nothing new. This is nothing new. Anybody who's listening to this will, of course, probably have had this, this, uh, ex an experience with this, or I don't know, maybe this is who you are. And if you are, I want to encourage you to be better, but Change. there seems to be this understanding or this idea that if you label yourself pagan or you label your, label yourself heathen, which I loathe, I, I, I cannot I deal with that. the term heathen. Most of the people who, who walk around saying they're heathen don't even really know what the true historical context of that word even means uh, or, or its cultures of origin um, would be. But anyway, but I, I've noticed that if you, you label yourself one of these things like that, somehow for some reason that, that in some people's minds gives you an excuse to be an asshole. Like, I'm a pagan, I'm above the rules, or I don't play by society's rules. Or, <laughs> Sorry, or, pagan standard time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, no. No, if you're going to be this, that means you need to be even better. Exactly. Like Set if, a better example. If I want somebody to crap all over me and give me a bad day, I'll, I'll get a Christian on the phone. You know? Because <laughs> they're really good at that. With all their judgments and blind faith. And zealotry. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I guess really what it, what it comes down to for me on that is the lack of, like, commitment. Like, it, it really is irritating to me. Like, I can't tell you how many times someone calls and they're like, do you, are there any available slots for a reading? Yes, there are. Okay. Click. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We get that quite a bit. So I'm just going to say in my mind, what I see is basically it comes down to something that I learned as a kid. It's not even religious. It's the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Okay. So simple. Because you know what? If I couldn't make it to someone an appointment, I would probably call and say, hey, but I can't make no. it. 
Um, I ideally, yeah. like, if prior so, to just a few minutes before the appointment. Yeah, right? exactly. If someone asks me to wear a mask, I'm like, oh, of course. I am so sorry. I didn't even think about it. Let me put yeah, my mask on. Because this isn't just about me, right? Because it's consideration this is for us. you as well as me. It's like, it's just the right thing to do. It's like, yeah, let's protect each other. Okay. It's silly. It's like, yeah. it's that simple. Just follow the golden rule. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the Pagan Lives oh. Matter thing that yeah. seems to be circling through social media feeds these days. I think this is something that really kind of only began maybe, I think it really kind of hit my radar at least probably really within just the last 48 hours or so, but I think it was popping up. It made me unfollow that TikTok prior I originally enjoyed. To that. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. that's, I'm very sorry to hear that. But this isn't just a TikTok thing. This is showing no. up in other places. Yeah. It originated um, in TikTok. Well, I'm sure it probably did. About a month ago. But... Do you want me to cite the TikTok originator? No, I do not. No, Let's not okay. We don't need to name drop right now, um, because I'm sure that person has probably already been... Beat up. Chewed several new assholes. No, she is very um, seriously mentally ill. Well... Okay. Well, and if that's if that is indeed the case, then I feel very that's too bad. I feel yeah. very badly for her that she's dealing with that mental illness, but she needs to find the appropriate help for that before she continues to put herself up as a, a representative of a community. Um, but I, I know this is this is concerning to me. This because you know this is this is again I think if anything really just kind of a narcissistic attempt to yep. spin the narrative of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is still something that is like this is so it's important. Still very this important. is such an important human rights yes. movement and. I don't know. I think, but I think this is the thing that I'm really hating about witchcraft right now is because I've noticed there are people who are more than willing to jump on this bandwagon, yeah. and I don't know what that is because we have a lot of people within the community that are just. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if they, these it's, are people that are legitimately racist, like where they they really are. Like, yeah, you know, fuck people of color, blah blah blah. This is about it's me. Al it's almost, or if it's just that again, maybe it just comes down to that lack of empathy and that sense of it's, selfishness. It's almost like they don't want to acknowledge the wrong that has been done. You think that's what it is? I really do, because it's like if I make this excuse and give a different focus, mm. we can just not even address because it's still wrong. It, it, we haven't fixed. The whole reason we have Black Lives Matter. That, oh no! Oh, there's God, an no. There's inequality still, yeah, there's, there's there that still needs, needs to, be, to be fixed. Yeah. And I think it's easier for them to say, "Hey, haha, here's a distraction. Pagan lives matter, which is bullshit. Look at that." Instead of addressing, "Yeah, I need to be better. I need to acknowledge this thing, the things that are not being done fairly for this." one small group of people so, so it's that are like, struggling. So it's kind of along the lines of like if I paint myself like smoke as, and mirrors. If I paint myself as a victim then that means I can't be a victimizer. Yes. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. It's it's the need to always be the victim. Okay. And the fact that you feel so unseen that you have to create this whole pagan lives matter bullshit because you're not special enough mm. it's more than that it's it's almost it's it's also that i don't want to be accountable for my contribution to the inequality that's happening to people mm -hmm. okay because that would that would have to step forward and say yeah there's things in my past my ancestry where and maybe even in myself where i have either benefited from white privilege or I have not been as considerate or I mean, as we, compassionate or as understanding of the hardships most, that mean, this white, small group of people, white people are going through. White people benefit from white privilege and passively. Oh, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. But to have to acknowledge it and yeah. face that, they don't want to do that. So they're like, I'm a victim now. I don't have to think about that I've actually yeah, hurt Yeah, I can't something. think that yeah. I'm, 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 I'm hurt, so therefore I can't be the one that's doing the hurting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That would be a piece of that. So, is that to say that there is not religious persecution going on? No, no, no yes, that is absolutely. definitely happening. Oh no, yes. there but, are still areas of the world where people are killed same. for being but it's being not witches. the same. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not. And most of the time, the people that are being persecuted and, and being, uh, you know, abused and even killed in some places through witchcraft, most of the time they're not even really witches. Exactly. They're just somebody who happened to piss off the wrong person. Well, and I'm sorry, but when you walk down the street, you can't look at someone and say they're a pagan, they're a witch. They're a Christian. It's really hard to do that. The the other groups, yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. It's like yeah, you can't help it. I know you're a person of color, so now now you're a target. Yeah, yeah that's true. It, it, yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess one of the other things that issues that there is is an issue for me about this is that we we wouldn't have a pagan community without people of color. 
It's true. Nope. Like, absolutely. You know, like, and I, you know, and I, I, I've had conversations like this before with people who subscribe to particular subsets of the pagan community, and I'm not going to call anybody out on this, but they know who they are. But you know, I make comments like that. Like, we wouldn't have a pagan community. We, there wouldn't be witchcraft if we didn't have black indigenous people of color. And there's always that one asshole in the room that's like, well, what about my culture, my ancestors who came from blah, blah, blah in Europe? There weren't people of color in that area of the world. And first, all I can say to that is bullshit. There are people of color in every corner of the world. Yep. And even if you come from the, the even if your ancestors are the lilliest, lilliest <laughs> white people in the entire you know history of the world and the culture they grew up in was you know, considered the most Anglo-white culture in the world, there are still elements of indigenous practice in your ancestors' spiritualities. There have to be. There have to be. And so so I just, again, it bothers me, these kinds of things. And again, that there are people in our community that that join movements like this, yeah. you know? And, and I, you know, I know it sounds gatekeepy and, and it makes me sound probably like an intolerant jerk, but I'll claim it. These are the people I think that we need to weed out of our community. Agreed. Or re-educate and fix. If they would relearn is yes. the problem. Like this particular situation, the one that the, the creator on TikTok, I believe, that, that Austin was going to name drop. And I don't want you to use that. Don't please don't do please don't call that out. I don't want to bring that attention to this episode. But <clears throat> but um but they don't admit wrongdoing. They yeah. don't admit that That's they true. were ignorant and stupid in, in what they were saying. They double down. You know, and, you know, and they, and they ultimately, they make the situation worse for, well, for, well, for themselves mainly, but. Well, but at that point, yeah, you have to cut them out. Yeah. So, I don't know. You can't you know, fix it or cure it. That's what has me feeling unhappy about the witch, witchcraft and witch community right now. That's and a I, valid. And I guess I shouldn't really say, because that's, because I, I guess that's not really a witchcraft issue, is it? That's not really a witchcraft issue. That really has, again, more to do with just. But it is when you start, when and, you start doing that label of pagan lives matter yeah witchcraft lives, yeah or which yeah. lives matter it's like no don't even go there yeah just shut up true. <laughs> that's true so. i don't know well anybody else have anything they want to say before we sign off this has been really fun um i, I like talking about healing and it's been fun talking to you too okay thank you austin are you austin has fallen asleep be better. Be better? <laughs> you talking to me? I think it's to everyone. Just in general. Oh. Be better. Everyone be better. Be kind. Unless you're already perfect. If that's the case, please contact me and tell me how I can be more like you. But then continue to be your best self. Which is be better. There's be always room for self. improvement. There's this is this is a this is a conversation that I had with one of my my voice students today, as a matter of mm -hmm. fact. We were talking about um, the idea of like, well, when do you stop taking lessons? When oh, do you stop learning? Yeah. And of of course it's never. Well, no, no, it, that's your it, it, it was my ten year old. Right. It was my ten year old student. You know, one of my one of my really young kids, and and they were like, I can't believe you still take voice lessons. You're you're, you know, and, and this is a ten year old. So obviously they're looking at me this this person as an adult as an adult, and they're like, wow, you really have like done something when in reality i'm like not really i'm just kind of here but they look up to me and they ask me well when do you stop learning when do you stop taking lessons and coachings and i and i honestly had to tell them you don't because yeah. there's always more to learn you can always do better yep. you know for me i can i can i can always make i i can always make my tone warmer i can oh, always yeah. make my make my ease work appropriately or, or have a better, purer sound. Well, you can apply that concept to... To witchcraft. Witchcraft and, and energetic healing and yeah. spiritual belief. If you think you know it all and you've learned everything, you are mistaken. There's exactly. always more to learn. And you should never have that kind of ego to think, I don't need to learn anymore. Because mm -hmm. there's... Shoot, every day I'm reminded, oh, you don't know anything about this or you don't know as much as you thought about this. And... It's okay. Yeah. Just keep learning and keep striving and keep improving yourself by not thinking, oh, I know all the answers now. I'm done. Yeah. I have never felt more called out. That's all right. We figured this episode would help you get past that. Uh, I'm an ogre. <laughs>
All right. Well, I want to thank you both for joining me again today for another riveting, off. riveting, dare I say, episode <laughs> yes. of the Salty Witches podcast. The, the thank pleasure you, Chris. is all mine. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. All right. And to all of you who, who tune in and listen to our craziness each week, we just thank you so much for, for continuing to give us your time and your focus. And we hope that the things that we talk about continue to be educational and uh, and entertaining. We try thank, to make sure we thank you. entertain a little bit. Take um, me Cheetos. Take care yes, of yourselves. Yes, everyone, send Austin Cheetos. Send me Cheetos. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, we will uh, see you in our next episode. Look for that probably within the next week or so. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Cheetos. <laughs>